On the line is an Australian named Brooke Zebel. At least that's how I think you pronounce her last name. Yep. I accept all, and it's not a big deal. That's awfully kind of you. <laughs> so, Brooke, what is your question? My question is, why are sloths so cute? Do you find them cute? Do you have a loved one who finds them cute? Why sloths? I do. I find them cute. I know other people who find them cute. You know, I was in Costa Rica and I went on this walking tour that I paid for to try and see a sloth. I think I saw one, maybe <laughs> unconfirmed, in a tree really far away. It's a reaction to very, very little. Sloths don't really do a lot. <laughs> so you're kind of confused by their shtick. You're like, you're not doing that much and people are eating it up. Yeah. Why do we go ooh and ah over this thing that doesn't even give a care and doesn't even do anything? It doesn't make any sense. I'm Andrew Norton, and this is the Completely Optional Knowledge Podcast, brought to you by Greenpeace. Ask, inquire, seek the truth. The show where we take questions that make you go, huh? And we try and make you be like, oh. To try and get to the bottom of this, I phoned up Oriana Aragon. She's a research psychologist at Yale, and she's interested in emotions, so how we perceive them, how we understand them. But recently, she's kind of gone on this kick about cuteness. She's trying to understand what is cuteness. And like all great scientific inspiration, the idea came to her while watching late night television. I was watching the Conan O'Brien show and Leslie Bibb, who's an actress, was on. I have a saying that when if I like somebody, like if people have babies, I'm like, oh, that baby's so cute. I just want to punch it in the face. <laughs> I was like, your baby, like that what? dog is so cute. I'm going to kick it in the head. Yes. I don't know. Like yes. I just want to squeeze something. Okay. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, that's a really strange reaction. Right. And so I was talking to my dad the next day, actually, my dad gets credit for all of this. And I described the, the event and he goes, well, that's not that much different than grandma pinching cheeks. But that's what really got me started thinking about it. It was like, whoa, okay, here's a, an emotional reaction that looks contrary to what one might expect. Right, right. And so yeah, so me being a researcher of emotions, I found that really fascinating. What we're trying to figure out is why sloths are so damn cute. But maybe it's better to start with something a little less specific. Maybe we can start with like, what is cuteness? What, how is something cute? So this is work that's been done by others, and it was back in the 1940s and 1950s. We have the very specific infantile features that when we see them, we make an appraisal, oh, that's cute. Mm. And then we have this positive progression of emotions that follows, oh, I want to take care of it. I want to be close to it. I think it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So those features are the large head to body ratio, so like bigger mm -hmm. heads, like you see on toddlers or babies, the large eyes, the rounded cheeks, the small chins, big foreheads. Those are the features. And some researchers have even put those features on things like automobiles, like rounded the features or made the headlights kind of like eyes, you know, okay. that they were a little bit larger. And people will appraise that automobile as cuter. Oh, it's so cute. Look at the cute car. <laughs> Let, let's talk sloths. Let's go into sloths as a um, case yeah. study, I suppose. What is it in the sloths that you think make them so cute and make people kind of go crazy over them? So part of it is they do have sort of rounded other than the, you know, the big, talons to sort of hold onto the branches yeah. but they do have sort of more rounded features they have little pot bellies they have markings around their eyes that really sort of exaggerate the size of their eyes 
they have the pronounced, the larger like forehead ratio to the rest of their face. I see. Their chins are sort of smaller. So there's like those physical characteristics I think are present enough that we see them and we say, oh, so cute. <laughs> Is it the case that you see these, like you describe these infantile features, the big eyes, the big forehead, big cheeks, and you, there's this kind of evolutionary thing in us that, that triggers this kind of parental need where we want to take care of these things? Is that what's behind it? That's what a, a lot of very smart people's research seems to indicate is that, yeah, it serves us well, right, to take care of our young. So trying to understand reactions to cuteness is really seeing that we do show care, but we also show this like gritting of teeth and clenching of fists and squeezing and pinching stuff. Yeah, what is up with that? When you become overwhelmed with emotion, we seem to get what I've termed dimorphous expressions. Dimorphous just means two things coming out of one origin. I see. So you have like the origin of one emotion and then you get two displays. So in the case of like tears of joy, you have a display of happiness. They'll be smiling, but there'll also be tears. They'll be crying. So you have two displays coming for one event of being happy. And so the dimorphous expression of emotion to cuteness is, you know, you have these tender, tender expressions of wanting to love and care. And then you also get the squeezing and pinching and biting. <laughs> so it's less about the object of cuteness and more about your body is trying to deal with how it feels about it. Like it gets overly excited and can't quite compute. Does that make sense? Yeah. So cuteness seems to inspire or bring about these strong, positive emotions. Right. But it seems to be some sort of reaction to the strong, positive emotion more so than the specific cuteness. Hmm. So we habituate to a lot of things. Habituate means we get used to it and it has less of an effect on us. Sure. But for some reason, cuteness has a really nice refresh signal. It just refreshes and it starts all over when you look at it again. And um, I think that's good and it serves well because you'll continue to care for your cute infant and you won't <laughs> habituate to its cuteness. That probably explains why all these cute animal videos go crazy online because people can't get enough of them. They physically cannot get it. Like they're not like, oh, that's another cat video. Right. They're, they're pulled in by everyone. Right. And they can watch <laughs> it again and again. So you mentioned these physical things, but I wonder if it also has to do with a bit of vulnerability too. You know, I've heard people describe things as cute because they're in need of help or something like that. You know, for instance, with, with the sloth, David Attenborough describes sloths as, he says, this extraordinary creature is half blind, half deaf, and this is about as fast as it can Aww. move. So exactly, oh, you know, it's like, I want to help this thing. I want to be friends yeah. with this thing. Like, you, you can almost relate. Like, it's moving as fast as it can. You know, that's like me. That's even cuter when you tell me all that. <laughs> so I'm 100% I'm in agreement with your hypothesis. I think that could be very valid. Yeah, of course, you know, I'm a scientist and I always think it needs data, but that's an excellent <laughs> Who needs data? I'm right. I'll take it. I love it. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> so I've, I've risen to the echelons of Conan O'Brien in inspiring your uh, your science. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so funny. I'd have to give you credit on that one. <laughs> It's really all about the eyes, isn't it? It sounds like it. And some people kind of keep their cuteness into adulthood, and maybe that explains it because <laughs> they have big, giant eyes. And sloths, for sure, they have those kind of sleepy, kind of helpless eyes, like like what we yep. might describe as puppy dog eyes. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they do need your help <laughs> because they're just so slow and so tired all the time. Does it give you more insight? You understand your behavior a little bit more? I think so. I think the, the wonder and amazement, yeah, makes a bit more sense. You know, it's nature... And there's nothing I could do about it. Just embrace it. Yeah. 
So, so now that you know this term, dimorphous expressions, are, are you going to drop that in everyday conversation? Oh, uh, yeah, I probably will. Yeah. It's like, I kind of feel dimorphous about the gym being closed today. Like, I don't get to work out, but, but I get to sit on the couch longer. Yeah. Yeah. Fluff-like. <laughs> the Completely Optional Knowledge Podcast is produced by me, Andrew Norton, and is presented by Greenpeace. Our theme music was created by Breakmaster Cylinder. Our website is completelyoptionalknowledge.org. That's where you can go to find past episodes, subscribe to get future episodes, and, of course, to ask us your questions. Thanks again for listening, and we will be back again in two weeks with more Completely Optional Knowledge. <laughs>